Welcome to the Sweet Spot. I'm your host, Corey Bradley. You know, the NBA offseason has been in full swing, and 4th of July just wrapped up. And, you know, I know a lot of people, obviously, when you think of 4th of July, first thing you first thing you think about is fireworks. I think about my family bringing the grill out, and we having burgers, and we having a great time. But I know fireworks is, like, the main number one reason and activity that people look forward to when it comes to the 4th. And so, you know, the NBA offseason has been full of fireworks to this point. And, you know, I look at some of the things that – that happen when you have those festivities. We'll we'll use some of those analogies as we talk about some of the transactions that have taken taken place thus far. But before we dive into the, some of those questions, some of those topics, I want to introduce my guy Jeremy Holden. Jeremy Holden's been on the sweet spot a few times, man. Dude, had to, glad to have you back on the show. Uh, just tell me what are your thoughts so far in this NBA offseason, and you know. Are you excited? Are you what? Are, what? What position? Maybe what transaction that hasn't happened? Also, that is kind of you're wondering to see how it unfolds. Tell me your early thoughts on the NBA offseason so far at this point. Hey Corey, first of all, thanks for having me again. I always enjoy talking to you and uh, being on your show, man. Um, as far as the the main thing that I'm, I guess you can say, I'm waiting on, and mm-hmm. uh, probably most people are going to say this is a uh, Where's Dame Lillard gonna go? Yeah, um, I'm a big Damian Lillard fan, so I'm really invested in this one. And uh, I think, depending on where he goes, that can kind of shift. It, it's not gonna shift the balance, I'll say, but it'll impact it definitely. So I'm I'm really excited uh, specifically for that. But it's a lot of moves I think uh, will bring excitement to this upcoming year and kind of make it a little more interesting mm-hmm. than it already has been. So. You know, everybody expects Dames to go to Miami. Like, he's going in the South Beach. That's what everybody expects. That's, apparently, that's where he wants to go. Is there another team that you feel like, okay, I know Miami's to talk, but watch out for this franchise. Is there another group that kind of stands out to where Dame could possibly land? Man, I just think Philadelphia just makes so much sense. Um, as much as, personally, I would like him to go to Miami as well. I think you putting him with Joel and B, man, that would be um, a, a scary combination, but I guess the issue with that is who they would give up mm-hmm, for it because, mm-hmm. um, you know, Max is going to be their big fish that mm-hmm. most teams will want because I don't think too many people will want James Harden at this point. Um, so that's the only, I guess, drawback to going to Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, there's been some other teams that have been throwing out there, but as far as realistic options, you know, that would probably be the, the one I would look at. Man, y'all love Dame, man. I mean, you can't help but like that dude. I don't. I've never heard anybody say they don't like him. You know what I'm saying? Like he's just a, a, a ultimate pro. He wants to win. Like he's been super loyal to Portland. They haven't done anything necessary to really help him in in several different ways. Um, and so it, it's good to finally see this is what needs to happen. Like especially when they took Scoot Henderson. That's okay. Y'all have made a decision. This time to move on. Let's not even drag this thing out even further to say, well, we want to keep him. Like, no, y'all made the move. Like, we already know, like, this is the move. Like, go ahead and admit it, and, and, and let's move on and, and, and get what you need. You know, you know, make sure you get what you – and that's the thing. It's like with these trades, not just NBA. We talk about NFL a lot, too. It's like some of these trades, the, the – they and the analysts are always trying to justify, well, you're never going to get the full value of what that player really brings and what he is. But it's like, you better get darn close, you know what I'm saying? Right, like, right. like some of this stuff, I'm like – Really? That that's all it took? You know what I'm saying? Like you talked about it with Jalen Ramsey going to Miami. A third round pick is the best y'all y'all can get a first this dude. You know what I'm saying? Like n- nobody wanted off our first. Like that doesn't make any sense. So uh yeah, I mean I'm excited to see where Dame ends as well. It's anybody guess, you know, when it will actually happen. But but at least we know this off season it's finally going to happen. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's not even it's gonna happen. Yeah, yeah, it's no longer when or why and how and what you know. What are they going to do? Like, we know it's this is the offseason where it's finally going to materialize. Now, you know, we talked about 4th of July, man, and just coming to the bang, bang, some of the things that, that happens with that holiday and all, you know, centered around fireworks. You know, it's, it's, it's one topic that I can relate to fireworks is, you know, kind of that 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 wow. You know, when, uh, man, uh, some of that fireworks pop off and that's the first reaction you hear everybody say in unison, wow, wow, you know, <laughs> like, okay, so – Think about that, man, when it comes to this NBA offseason and these transactions that, that have taken place. Give me a team that has wowed you and impressed you most so far. Which team, some of the moves they made with free agency or trades, where you're like, 
Wow. Okay. Okay. I see what you're doing. I, you know, y'all coming. Well, I can give you a small, a uh, small pop out. Yes, I, I guess I'll say. Um, and and the reason I say it that way because it's not a big name, but I think it was surprising to me. And that's number one that gave Vincent to the Lakers. Mm. Um, I just thought Miami was going. I just assumed he was going to be back with Miami, so it kind of got me out, caught me off the, you know, off, uh, off, off. Off scale, so I think that was a a very important need for them, and then that along with some of the other small pieces, so it wasn't like a, a big get, like it wasn't a Kyrie, it wasn't a Bradley Bill, but it was just a lot of small pieces that I think can be very helpful to them with the re-signing of some of the players they already had. So I think to me that was one of them, and I'll tell you a surprising one, and I don't know if many people would agree with this. I actually like what the Houston Rockets did, man. Yes, um, sir. And let's start yes, with Ime Udoka, <laughs> uh, uh, Fred Van Vliet. Mm-hmm. And this is when people going to think I'm crazy, but even Dylan Brooks, man. like yep, yep. He got bashed for the Memphis Lakers series. Yeah, he was crazy for doing all the talking, but he's still a solid player, and he's a veteran that can help that young group. He can play defense, and he can play a role. So I think that – the, the draft picks they did, uh, the coach hire, I think that's a, a nice little move, a nice offseason they've had. So Fred Van Vliet, three years, $130 million. Dylan Brooks, four years, $80 million. Uh, you saw the excitement, and you heard the excitement when you said <laughs> that. I was like, that's exactly who I have because I'm like, man, you know, Udoka's a Spurs guy, played there, championships coach there, and very good coach. Uh, you know, we know how things unfolded in Boston, and you know, it was it was kind of a done deal that he was going to go to the Raptors. That's what people assumed anyway that he was going to go to Toronto. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I saw an interview the other day where he he kind of talked about it. Uh, you know, he like you know Detroit Detroit reached out, Toronto reached out, and he kind of you know the 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 person that that shared the interview was like, man, you know, Udoka kind of roasting the the Raptors because because what he's what he said was, I didn't want to go to a team where their ceiling is middle of the pack, fifth seed in the conference. You know what I'm saying? Because I wanted to go somewhere where we could build in a young group of guys where we got a chance to really grow. And I was like, okay. You know, and and so you obviously know he's alluding to Toronto where I guess that's where he felt that team would be, especially with the whole situation where you didn't know, okay, is Van Vliet coming back? You know, they've been talking about trading on uh, Aninobi. Like, it's been so much trade talk surrounding that franchise the last two years. You don't know what the Raptors are going to do. So here he is. Van Vliet did leave Toronto, but he gets him in Houston. You know what I'm saying? So you get Van Vliet. You got Dylan Brooks, who, I, I, man, Van Vliet was a stud in Wichita State. Goes undrafted because only because of size. Dylan Brooks, who I loved a lot, you know, second-round pick, who was actually from Houston. You know, got drafted by Houston to start with. Um, and so, man, I love those moves. That's their backcourt. You know, so that's their backcourt. Yes, and like you said, yes. and you got two hungry guys. Like I said, Van Vliet undrafted. Dylan Brooks, you know, he plays with chip on the shoulder, which, uh, you know, like I said, he's been the villain. But I – I love both of those guys, man. And I think that's only going to – that Houston team is really going to be promising with already what they had and Jabari Smith, Jalen Green, yep. Kevin Porter. Like, you know, I don't know anything about, you know, Amen Thompson. I'll tell you this. I've I seen him in the summer, and, like, he's one of those guys. If you like the fundamentals of the game, you're not just going to fall in love immediately. But, man, Corey, I, I like watching him play, mm-hmm. uh, his athleticism which you can use for defensive purpose and slashing. Now, you can't depend on him to be the go-to player, which they don't need him to be, but I think he can fit in a role and uh, with the other uh, draft picks they got, Whitmore, getting him win the spot they did. Man, I just think, you know, they did a great job because I think they were saying that they had both of them players in the top five in their, mm-hmm, their draft mm-hmm, board, mm-hmm. so you get both of them. So that's why I like what they did, man. The pickups that the Rockets have done, like it really – like I said, that Southwest Division is already tough. You got Memphis and you got Dallas and yeah. my Spurs. Woo. <laughs> okay. And I'll tell you this, Corey. I'm I'm hopeful. I'm not a Rockets fan, but if they're projecting uh, in the in the right way, they should be looking as to being like the new Thunder. You know, a team that's kind of under the radar, but they got a lot of good pieces, mm-hmm. and they're just gonna be a hard out every night. So. To me, that's what I'm expecting the next year or so. 
if everybody lives up to what they are, they should be kind of being that that new Thunder team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could be exciting, man. I mean, they got the right. So a lot of you know, we talk about the draft, more players go and acquisitions. Uh, Who's the coach? What's the what's the fit there? All like, right. man, Udoka, this is a group, and we know how players. You've heard Tatum and Brown, and they, you know, were advocate for him. Uh, like they they been players love Udoka, and so you now you get a, a blend of like you said, veterans with Brooks and Van Vliet. You got a bunch of young talent. Uh, man, Houston's on. They're gonna be on the climb. They're gonna be a team to watch for in the years to come, man. And uh, that that's definitely my wild team as well, man. So, Houston Rockets team who has definitely impressed thus far in the offseason now what about that surprise pop and, and and if you and if you kind of alluded to that already that's cool uh but if you got another example that'd be that's great as well but that surprise pop where you know it's something that comes out the package is a little small you about to light it you know here in the middle of the road but it's like you're not expecting much but then it's just like Oh man, that was good. Like I didn't expect that. You know, it's like you know they say big things come in small packages sometimes, stuff like that. But that surprise pop when you're shooting fireworks, man. Sometimes that happens. It catches you off guard. So in the NBA realm, you know, what are you thinking about when it comes to a move that that's not gaining much attention, but you think will have a great impact for that particular franchise? Uh, that's a tough one. Um, and I I have a, a couple just small moves in mind, other than the ones we've discussed. Um, and this is a real small one. I think uh, Bruce Brown to the Pacers, if they were a better team, I think it would make more noise. But I think getting him and Obi Toppin, I think those are good moves for that team, and I think that'll be stronger now because they're not going to be a championship contender. It's not going to be a big pop, so you're not going to tell the full impact. But I think, you know, Bruce Brown's a man. That's that's a player every team should want a player like him on their team. Uh, just under the radar, but does all the dirty work. We can also hit buckets yeah. now as well. And I think Obi Toppin, I don't know if you remember, I've mm-hmm. always liked him since he came into the NBA. Mm-hmm. And I know he hadn't put up the numbers, hadn't been used as much, but I think he can be a, grow into a good player. Um, other than that, man, I, I, I really don't know, but I don't, I, know, I don't think you'll agree with me on this one. They didn't make a big pop, but I like what the Bucks did as far as trying to get that group back together and hoping mm-hmm. they're healthy. But then some of the other pieces around them that they got, I think were um, pretty good mm-hmm. as far as getting Jay Crowder back. Mm-hmm. I want to say they got Malik Beast, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know his season with the Lakers didn't end as well, but that's another shooter around Giannis. Um, then they got the other Lopez brother. <laughs> so you got <laughs> some bigs. You got pretty much everything covered as far as having great guard play having shooters around you, having defense, having big guys. So, you know, it's, again, it's not a big surprise pop, but it's another little pop I, I can say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, there was actually two names that I have when it comes to surprise pop. And, and I love everything you mentioned as well. I mean, it's, it's – well, I try to tell people, like, yeah, I have a podcast, but and I choose my guests because I'm trying to create good content. Like, I'm having people on that I know, like, going to provide – good information it's like man that dude knows his stuff like yeah you may not know who he is but i do and i'm telling you like if i have a guest on the show they they know their material so uh this is this is why i have jeremy on the show that's why he's been on several times and so uh i, I just i want to provide great content and this is what we do so you talking about surprise pop man there's two names i have on here one you said it malik beasley i had him going to milwaukee i mean him going to milwaukee one year 2.7 million dollars malik beasley is a bucket like, this dude could be a good starter, but I think he's even better off the bench. And he's one of those microwave-type players. He gets hot, and he's hot, and he's filled it. And I think this is this is a perfect situation and probably the best situation he's been in in his career. Like, there's going to be so much attention on on, on Holiday and, and Chris Middleton and, and Giannis. Beasley can spot up, man, and so you yeah. he has a chance to really shine and shine in big moments because we know he can light it up. But, I, man, I love that pickup by Milwaukee. Like you said, it's one of those that, that's going to fly under the radar. People ain't going to talk about it. But if we're in the NBA Finals and you see Beasley hit four threes <laughs> in the fourth, and, and, you know, it's like, man, Malik Beasley became that dude. Like, he's been that dude. But this is going to be on a grander scale. And I, I think this is going to be a great for him, great situation. Absolutely love that signing. My other guy, this dude went to a championship contender as well. He went to Golden State. 
Corey Joseph signed a one-year deal, $3.2 million. Corey Joseph out of Texas, man. Former first-round pick for the Spurs, man. Like, Corey Joseph is just that dude where you need a point guard to run the offense, he's going to do it. He can get you some buckets in the floor offense, too. He's going to be an excellent defender. Like, Corey Joseph is is not a household name, but he has the the household game. You know what I'm saying? He brings it all together for the team. And so with this Golden State franchise – Steph Curry is listed as a point guard, but the true basketball viewers know he's not a point guard. Like, mm-hmm. he is a real two guard, run him off screens, give him the ball. But the signing of Corey Joseph, along with, you know, we, Chris Paul, we'll talk about that later. But Corey Joseph getting him as another point who can run the offense while Curry and Thompson guys run off screens and Draymond Green set the screens and the handoffs and stuff. But Corey Joseph is just a true pro, true pro where I feel like it's going to really elevate what Golden State wants to do, get Curry in, in his right position, and you have somebody like a, a true vet like Corey Joseph who's going to run the team. And I, I think those two signings, Corey Joseph to Golden State, Malik Beasley to Milwaukee, are some of the surprise pop. Nobody's going to talk about them. They're not mm-hmm. going to talk about it for the next shoot until we until we're back in, into the playoffs next year, until we're in until June next year where it really matters. And you're talking about what Corey Joseph did and what Malik Beasley did. Because these are the type of guys that you want to win. Like, the franchise stars are going to score. They're going to get theirs. But the championship teams have great role players. That's what people understand. Like, it's a team sport. Players are going to get theirs. Stars are going to get theirs. But it's the role players that help them become great teams. You know what I'm saying? Players are going to be great, but it's the role players that help them become great teams. And so I I love those two moves by those two franchises. And uh, I think those are the surprise pops that – are going to gain a lot of attention. Maybe not now, but this time next year for sure. All right, Jeremy, so with that surprise pop, man, before we move on to our next topic, is there anything you want to add when it comes to those type of players or those type of uh, signings or that situation? Now, I'll say this. I should have known Corey Joseph would be on your radar uh, with the background, the Spurs background, but I, I think that is a good pickup. Um, and I'll say, especially with them losing Dante DiVincenzo, mm-hmm. which, man, I thought he was amazing for them, especially in the playoffs. So they had to kind of replace that role. So I, I think that is a good pickup, uh, especially with the cost of the contract. So, you know, I, I think what the Warriors are doing, like I say, we'll get into them a little deeper mm-hmm. um, with them, you know, trading Jordan Poole. They're becoming that that old veteran outsmart you team with that talented Steph Curry, man. And they're not, you know, when you play against the Warriors, they make you take bad shots. But also when you're playing with the Warriors, you can fall into that taking bad shots as well. Mm-hmm. And I think with the players that are getting like Corey Joseph, uh, they're going to make sure that they're still playing smart ball when Steph Curry is on the bench. So I do like yeah. that sign. Yeah, yeah. And that's exactly what, like you said, what a Joseph-type player brings. Like, we're going to run this offense. I'm going to get you to, I'm going to set you up, and I'm going to set you up the yeah. right way. Uh, it's not like you said. It's not gonna be a bunch of uh, just up and down on the court, but we're gonna run his offense. And like I said, we'll talk about Paul because he kind of flows into that same mentality too, yeah. Uh, yeah. which is man, such a, it's really beneficial for Steph Curry and the Warriors with, in, in a very very critical time. We'll talk about that very critical point for that franchise where they are right now as they're in their 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 latter phases of their NBA career. But before we get into any of the Warriors talk, we'll do that next segment. But man, one one more topic when we kind of allude to the whole fireworks NBA offseason, you know, there's always that that big thing that come out the package and you're like, man, this 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 gonna shut down tonight right here. We're gonna say this for last, man. This is gonna be it. You know, you got you just got this high expectations because of the package and how it looks and how it delivers. But man, sometimes it doesn't show up. Man, that's that's like man, that was a dud, bro. Like that, that was a straight dud. That was horrible. We, we ain't buying that again. I spent twenty dollars on that, man. That was lame, man. So. When you look at duds that have taken place this offseason, and when I say dud, a, con- a contract that doesn't match production. It's like, man, they paying him that? You know, so uh, who who's the guy that stands out or you got two? They're just like, man, I don't see that. Like, I know guys are getting paid, but, man, that's ridiculous. Man, Corey, I have a few. I, yeah. I tell yeah. you. Yeah. And, you know, we've talked off, off, uh, you know, off record about – NBA financial contracts and kind of where it's gone. And, 
to be honest with you, man, as much as I follow the NBA, I don't understand these contracts that they give, and they're just random, and it's hard to even find a kind of pattern with them. And the way you answer the ask the question, you know, it's, it's no disrespect to the players. It's not that I don't think they're good, but the amount of money that they're getting, mm-hmm. I just don't get. Um, and I'll tell you, my number one is Jeremy Grant. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I, I I just really don't understand. He's a solid player. Yeah, solid. It's not getting one sixty though. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I can give you a decent <laughs> amount, but I'm not giving you uh, on average thirty two million a year mm-hmm. just to be a solid player. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you, if you're not my second player that can not only hold the fort down if my my go to is out, but if you can't carry the squad. It's hard for me to justify you getting thirty million a year, and I, I know that the 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 rates have changed, so you know I have to kind of adjust with the times. But that's my main one. There were some others that, and I he's this is a very good player, up and coming star, but Tyrese Halliburton, I, mm. man, five year two sixty, mm. like hey, he may get there, but. I couldn't project that at yeah. this point. Yeah, getting that kind of money, like I say, it's no disrespect to his game, but I think he's going to be good, and he's already very good. But you know, I know we have to give these max contracts based on when they're available, but those are two that kind of definitely caught my attention. Man, like Jeremy Grant for sure. Like I, I, I thought that too because I like Jeremy Grant a lot, and I like the pickup yeah. that Portland had. But, but like you said, like this isn't. You're not even – it's like, like you said, it's like when the max eligibility comes about, the rookie extension. Like, when they do that stuff, it's like they got to do it. And then they go yeah. overboard with it. It's just – like, it doesn't match what you've done. And we don't know what you're going to do. You know, it's like – so, yeah, yeah, I'm with you, man. And it's, and so and, – and, and especially with Grant, you know, also, like, he's been in the league a while, you know. But yeah. like you said, you, he's not going to be your franchise player. You know, and it's his five-year deal. You're locked in with this dude. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, it's. I was shocked when I saw that when I saw that came across. Uh, and that's that's where Portland. I think they're they're they've been slow. They've been slow every single year. They've been they were slow to trading uh, McCollum. You know, yeah. it, they traded him two years after they should have traded him. You know what I'm saying? It's like. Like a move I always wanted them to get was send him to Houston and go get Christian Wood. You know, and then Dallas go and scoop him up. Two years before, two years later after I said it, I think Christian Wood would have been a great big to help pair with, pair with Dame, but but Trey McCollum two years too late. Here they are, they dragging out the, the little thing, and it's like y'all hadn't done anything for to keep him. They really want him to stay. And then Jeremy Grant, you go make this kind of move, and it's like, what's the focus? You know? Yeah. You know my dud, man. This is somebody on a on a the sh- a shorter scales as far as contract length, but still the annual. The annual value is what I, I look at as well. You know, so you, you can look at the length as far as terms of years, and you can look at the annual uh, annual value, value as well that they're receiving. So for me, man, Brooke Lopez, dude. Brooke Lopez at two years, <laughs> $48 million. Like, th- these are Lopez numbers from last year. 16 points a game, seven rebounds, two and a half blocks, 78% from the line, 37% from three. I'm, I'm, it's hard for me to pay a seven-footer – 24 million a year that averages seven rebounds a game for his entire right. career. Like, I know, like, obviously, a big man that can shoot a three, great. 78% from the line, awesome. Two and a half blocks per game, you're producing. But you average seven rebounds per game for your career, and I'm going to pay you 24 million? One in, 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 in each year? Like, this is what the country I would have given, and I'd have been comfortable giving him this type of contract. I'd have given him two years. Like they did, but it'd have been twenty four million total. You know what I'm saying? Total like twenty four million, yeah, right? You're not getting twenty four million <laughs> each year. Like you're getting twelve this year. You get twelve next year because you. I mean, those are solid numbers for a big and on that type of team. But there's no way I can justify paying Brooke Lopez twenty four million each year. Like I said, you Man. can't be seven foot and you can't give me ten board. You can't give me nine. Like you got seven. Man, I need you to. Price for solid has gone up, Corey. It's crazy, man. <laughs> Mm-mm-mm-mm. Man, with that being said, we're going we gonna to go to break. Let's do a few of our sponsors come back. 
talk about the Suns, the Warriors, man. Like a lot of a lot of talk about some of the moves they've made, and rightfully so. But I'm gonna get Jeremy's opinion and think what's the end result for those franchises. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. Many of us spend more time thinking about what's for dinner than thinking about retirement. But if you think your retirement deserves more attention, I can help. I'm Edward Jones Financial Advisor, Greg Wakefield. Stop by our office at 5630 West Main Street in Dothan. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. Care Animal Center is a local business partner of The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. Their goal has always been to assemble a team that is dedicated to providing quality veterinary services for their clients' pets. Care Animal Center offers surgical, dental, medical, and pet wellness programs for that furry member of the family. Their website is careanimal.net. Care Animal Center, 3454 West Main Street in Dothan, 334-794-6333. Welcome back to The Sweet Spot. and your host, Corey Bradley, joined by my guy, Jeremy Holden, as we talk a little NBA offseason moves, some of the things that have transpired to this point. Jeremy, man, let me get your thoughts on this is how we're going to do it. This is how we're going to do it first. It's going to be rapid fire. So I'm going to ask you a question, and then you give me an answer, yes or no. All right? And and then after we run through you answering yes or no, each one, we'll dive into – the actual topic okay we'll okay. discuss it so all right the end season tournament man new thing nba's done will players actually care about those results yes or no no phoenix suns bradley bill aiden durant booker this new group of stars formed in phoenix championship title yes or no Ooh. no all right. That's two no's. Let's see if it's three for three. Golden State, the Warriors, they chose Draymond Green over Jordan Poole. Was that the right decision, yes or no? Yes. Okay. All right. All right. So we'll go back through. In-season tournament, the players, will they actually care about who wins the tournament, yes or no? You said no. Tell me why. Um, I just think this is a fan interest thing. Um, to the players, I don't think they like it. They're going to like it now. I think the thing that helps, though, is that it's not additional games. Um, it's built into the mm-hmm. 82, so only one team or two teams are going to play that extra game. So I think that's the thing that helps. But if you're going to ask me, or are they going to the players going to care more? about an in-season tournament that doesn't uh, affect the playoffs. Absolutely not now. Maybe the 6th through 12th player on the bench might like that extra money. But other than that, man, we just talked about some of the contracts these players Mm -hmm. got. So that 500 k for the winner, uh, that's not going to move the needle that much for those players. Yeah, yeah. Dude, like... And And I'm sorry, and it's in November or December. Too early. Oh, wow. Yeah. See, like, you know, I, I called, and I it, this was just by happenstance, where I'm home Saturday afternoon, flipping through the channels, and I was like, hey, NBA, what's going on? And it's, you know, Richard Jefferson, Malika Andrews, and they got Adam Silver come out there. And it's like, I mean, now, I give Adam Silver this credit. Like, he know how to how to boost the game and pump up hype, because <laughs> I'm like, are we really holding a presentation on announcing the tournament? Like, All right. if y'all don't just release this in a, in a press release and be done with it, man, like, don't nobody need to, I don't need to sell you. Anyway, like, yeah, like, I don't even care about the details. I know it's all groups and stuff like that and wild cards and all. But, like you said, man, players ain't going to care about that. Like, it's all fan interest. And that's why they hold, did the whole play-in tournament, too. They supposedly uh-huh. kept that for the fans, and it's like, keep on. You're going to mess around. Like, they screwed Golden State a couple years ago, and, you know, uh, that kind of stuff is like 82 games is 82 games. We don't need extra incentives, and these players don't need extra incentives. They don't care nothing about it. Like, the media has already driven this, especially the great players. If you don't get an NBA ring, you ain't great, which is which is ridiculous. Yeah. Like, I was talking to my guy Matt Turley the other day, and we, other day, and we was talking about, like, there's so many great players who didn't win a ring. You know why? Because they're great players, but 
<laughs> you need a great team. You this is a right. team game. You can there's only so much you can do as a player. One player cannot win it by themselves. And you know, we always talk about Shaq and Kobe and, you know, some of these championship teams, Duncan, Ginobili Parker, like Pippen Jordan. Those guys are great, but you look at the role players on those teams. That's why they won multiple rings is because of the supporting cast and those guys built in and bought in for those supporting cast roles. You know what I'm saying? That was the exactly. difference. Yeah. That's that's the difference, man. Like the Nuggets this past year, Murray Jokic, absolutely amazing. But it was the Bruce Brown and Aaron Gordon and mm-hmm. you know those dudes, man. That's that's where it changes. Contributions from them. Yep. That's where the, the needle moves. You need great role players <laughs> as well as great players. So the end season tournament, man. Uh, are we going to get to the point? Is this where we are now? The where the media is going to be like, well, he didn't win an NBA ring, but he won three end season tournaments. <laughs> like, uh, is this what we go? And this, <laughs> come on, bro. Like, so now we're gonna count LeBron's in season. We, tournaments we we count in season tournament chances, like. <laughs> But that's that's what the media is doing. They they create anything title like you as a, as a credit. Like, don't nobody care. I'm with you 100. percent These dudes ain't gonna care nothing about this NCAA tournament. And, and I hate that they pumped it up as much as they already have. Like the WNBA, yes, they need that kind of stuff. Have the commissioners yeah. cut whatever. But NBA don't need this stuff, man. Whatever. And Corey, how surprised would you be if Greg Popovich set somebody doing this tournament? Hey, would that surprise you at all? Not at all, man. That man know the deal. He know what matters most, and and that's what I love about Pop, man. Like Pop play genuine. He keep it true, uh, you know. And it's funny you said it. It's funny you said it. We'll dive into that a little bit later. I got a little surprise for that, but that's Pop, man. Like he don't care nothing about end season. None of this. He'll use certain games. I mean, you know, okay, this is a good mm-hmm. test, so we can find out where we are. But like I said, the end season tournament doesn't matter. I don't care about you winning the tournament. And don't none of these won't none of these guys care about that ever. And they shouldn't. And and fans shouldn't. You know what I'm saying? I don't like I know you said this is a fan created event, but they shouldn't even care about it. Like right. we are we gonna have T shirts now? In season tournament champion two thousand twenty three? Like get out of here. Well get a perfect out. example of this is what the Mavs just did with the you know, the play in tournament. How much did the organization and the players care about that, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so, what makes you think the end season tournament is going to mean even more of that when an actual playoff spot was on the line for them? So, yeah, there's no chance that they they're going to really get into this. Man, it's a joke, waste of time, waste of hype. Moving on, <laughs> moving on from them, and we <laughs> moving on in this episode. All right, Phoenix Suns, man, you said no. No, this group is not going to get a title. Why are they not going to be a champion in Phoenix with this group? I said it, but I'm sure you can hear that I wasn't confident in my answer. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the talent is there, and, you know, I'm not the biggest KD fan, but I I think he is an elite player, and, man, he's an unselfish superstar. And he's actually hard not to like, honestly, if we really think about um, him as a player and just like, of course, he does some stuff that kind of you can call sensitive or whatever. But, man, he's hard not to like. Um, Mm -hmm. I think Booker's a great talent. I think Bill is a very good player. And I think they recklessly, I think they're going to do well. Yeah. Um, My question is. Can they keep DeAndre Ayton happy? You know, everybody is saying the rift between him and Money Williams was the issue, but I think that came down to him getting offensive touches. You add Bradley Beal, his touches are <laughs> going to go down even more. <laughs> now, he might get the occasional, you know, they double-team this player. He's wide open at the goal touch, but they're not going into him at all. Nah. So that's going to be the biggest question, and I I will say I think they did address some of the depth issues. Eric Gordon is mm-hmm. older, but I, I do like the pickup yeah. for this team better than I did with the Clippers. Um, and then they have some other pieces that I think are solid. Um, so I think, you know, it's not far-fetched for them to win it all. So I'm not definitely saying they can't, but I'm going to lean and say no. Yeah, yeah. And, and it goes back to you've you've assembled this core four of the five, but where's the depth? We just talked about yeah. you have great players, but you need great depth and supporting cast and the role players. And 
you need somebody to orchestrate this whole group too. Oh, yes. Like, right. Hey, you not getting yours right now. He hot. Shut up. We trying to win. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, who yeah. and and who who's the vocal leader in here though? Like, like you talk about great players and how great KD is. KD ain't. That's uh, why in Brooklyn, KD wasn't finna tell Kyrie to shut up. He wasn't finna tell James to sit that, down. Yeah, He's not right. that dude. That's yeah. cool. That's not you. I understand it, but. People expecting too much of somebody who that's not him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He gonna get his and he gonna do his for the team. I'm not saying he's selfish, but that's just not his role. That's right. not his mentality. It's not his personality. You know. So KD is not their role. Booker's not gonna do it. Be who's gonna do it? Oh, I mean, it, is that's Frank Vogel gonna have to be the voice for everybody? Like, can he be? <laughs> oh no, I I really don't know. Like they really would have been, and I know. You know, we talk about the deals, uh, trading for Durant, trading for Beal, and not having to give up Aiton. Like, how do you, how was Aiton not included in these deals? But he <laughs> may have been better off if they did trade him. You know what I'm saying? And plug in a center who, hey, Steven Adams, rebound, defense. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Just yeah. somebody like that where you think about a championship with the Spurs and Rosh on the Tiago Splitter. You know, mm-hmm. you got the Warriors, Andrew Bogut and Zeely and all these dudes that came through, Pachulia. They hey, were happy in their roles, man. Happy in their roles, man. Play defense, get your rebounds, yeah. set good screens, you can get you a ring. But like you said, Aiden gonna be worried about his touches. He got his he got his bag, but shoot. Uh-huh. He need to he he wanna add to it too, you know what I'm saying? He's trying to get yeah. his own, man. Like uh, he's trying to prove that he is that guy. And I um I honestly thought that was gonna be the next move that they would trade Aiden after this. And I understand you want that big guy in the middle, but when you have three scores, you don't need a big guy that can score. You just need a big guy that can defend, mm-hmm. set screens, do the dirty work. Like yeah. you said, a perfect one is Adams mm-hmm. from Memphis. That that kind of player. So, um, and, and you know, Corey, the funny thing is I heard somebody or I read something, and I know it's not going to happen, but this is exactly what you alluded to. They need a Rajon Rondo. Yeah. Now, he's old, and, <laughs> you know, he probably can't have the same impact, but they need that floor general that – He's going to dictate who's getting the ball. Mm-hmm. If Booker's hot, you know, we don't have to worry about KD taking the shine from them. I'm going back to Booker, so you need that floor general to dictate. Not only that, but just to make sure everybody gets theirs and everybody stays happy. And that's what the game is lacking in general overall is that true point guard. Like, people yeah. think a point guard is, oh, he brings the ball up. Oh, he, he handles the ball the most. He's the point. He may be listed as the point on the floor, but he's not a true point guard in what the definition of that position really means. You know, like mm-hmm. Trey Young, John Morant, Steph Curry, like these dudes aren't point guards. Mm-hmm. None of them. They're, they're two guards playing a point. Like, well, he averaged 10 assists. That does not make you a point guard. Like – you got the ball in every every possession in your hand. That's why he's averaging ten assists. Like <laughs> Westbrook determined, like he was either shooting or assisting. Harden shooting or assisting because the ball's in the hand. They dominate the ball. They not dominate just the ball. It. They dominate it. That's what. That's why every every possession ends with them, either a shot or assist or a turnover. You know that's why you. If you want to talk about double doubles, let's talk about these turnover rates too. But yeah, Chris Paul, Rajon Rondo were the the last of this this dying breed of true point. And I say dying breed because the league doesn't look for those guys anymore. They don't want they mm-hmm. they, they now they call him oh he a old school point guard. Yeah. No, he's a true point guard. Like it's he, like it's he, a bad thing. Yeah, right? like well he don't look to score or he you don't he does he run the offense? Does he get the team involved? Like that's a true point. Distribute, yeah. get everybody lined up, man. Know what's going on, you know? That and, and yeah, I, it, who was it? It was a college player that was transferring. And they were saying, "Oh yeah, he's a he's an old school college." Who was that dude? Um, Severe Wheeler, his name from from Kentucky that transferred. He was at Georgia, started to Kentucky, and he transferred. I think to like Washington. Uh, but yeah, they was like, he he's an old school point guard. No, he's a true point. That's what you want. <laughs> That's what the definition of a point guard means. So, yeah, I'm with you, man. I think Phoenix is not win a title. It's not gonna. It's not going to end the way they want it to. Like you can't just put names together and expect it to go well. That's the San Diego Padres. Anyways, uh, man, look, moving on. Golden State. You said Draymond Green. They, you know, whole incident. He punched, pulled out in practice after that. Like to me, there's no way you come back from that. And and they even admitted that at the end of the year. 
and you because you can't like you can't have that type of incident between two team teammates and nobody moves immediately. Somebody got to go, but yeah. they did choose to trade Poole to Washington. They got Chris Paul in return. Draymond Green gets a four year, hundred million dollar contract. Uh, tell me why you think they made the right decision by keeping Draymond instead of Jordan. And Corey, you know we've talked about this situation um, that when. Draymond punched Jordan Poole. That was the perfect opportunity mm-hmm. to cut ties with Draymond, and and they didn't at that time. And I actually think they probably should have. Yeah. And so I know I'm contradicting myself, but at this point, I think the fit is what I'm going back to. Um, Draymond just like not only accepts his role, but man, he relishes that role he has with that team and playing with Steph. The way they play together. I don't know if you can find anybody who can do a better job at just setting screens, getting the ball up, you know, finding Steph and Clay than Draymond for that system. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think people can improve from bad games and bad playoffs. I think this year's playoff really hurt Jordan Poole and the way he kind of responded and played. Um, and going back to what we discussed earlier with the, the picks, with the uh, signings they had, and then having Gary Payne as well, they're going with this tough-minded, uh, veteran, smart, witty ball club. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think Jordan Poole fits in there. Yes, he can score. Uh, he can put it up. But I don't know if he's that smart decision maker that this team seems to be going in. Yeah. Uh, so that's why, like I say, it's a tough decision. But I would say they made the right decision, even though if you asked me early in the season, I would definitely say trade Draymond, but it wasn't necessarily pick one or the other. It was just your chance to get away from Draymond at that point. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, it's no secret how much I dislike Draymond. I can't stand that guy at all. He, he should be ejected every game. And it, right, it, it, exactly. and it would be it would be valid, you know, because he's always yes. talking, always chirping, so demonstrative in his actions. Like, I couldn't handle it as a ref. You would have to fire me because it's like, man, you can't eject him every game. Well, he need to shut up. Like, man, you need to do my face. Like, but uh, but yeah, like it it was. He's he's had very, really just kind of stupid and 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 arrogant mistakes throughout his career, where mm-hmm. that to me was the final straw. Like. I don't think there's anybody when he punched pool in practice and knocked him out. I don't think there's anybody that could say you can't make that move. But no, you making that move because for one is Draymond. Draymond is not a star. He he's a perfect fit for that team. Exactly. And we've had for enough. Yeah, we've had enough of his hiccups and all this mess and drama with him and. I've had enough of him. Like Steve Curry even said it. It's one yeah, I can't say what he said, but he said he's had enough of Draymond Green's. You know, blank. You know, he's had enough of it. Cause I, I'm telling you, I know it as a as a casual fan of the game. I've had enough of it. So I can imagine what Steve Curry deals with every single practice and on the bus and hotels. Like, cause he's always talking. Like, dude, shut up. Like. So and then like I talk, you know, everybody can't have a mic. This dude now doing podcast, like man, I don't want to hear anything. I don't want to hear you talk. Period. But I don't even want to look at you. But uh, but yeah, like that was the move they were gonna do it. They would have done it at that time, and yeah. it would have been it would have been warranted. People would have been like, yeah, it was time. You had to do it. You can't do that kind of stuff. And it it wasn't like it would have been his first strike. Like no, dude, you've had several strikes. You know what I'm saying? But you keep getting mulligans. Cause like if Steph would have did like you said, if Steph would have done that, like man, Steph ain't never done like that. For him to punch you, you must have deserved it. Cause we ain't never seen Steph do anything like this. You must have really earned that one, man. I don't know what you did. I don't know what you said about what's my name, Sonya, that name. Shoot, uh-huh. fine stuff. Anyways, but uh, <laughs> dude, that's the thing, Draymond. That was a, that was the time. But since they rode through it and was like, okay, we rode through it. We chose Draymond yeah. because we didn't make the trade. You've already you've already chosen him. Uh, yeah, yeah, they did. And so, like you said, Poole didn't help with his. And, and I think this is where it, where the issue lies. I think Poole ascended faster than they expected. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like when you take a guy like that who was solid at Michigan, and you expect he can shoot. Like the Spurs loved him too, uh, and he went one pick before they took Kelvin Johnson. That's it worked out for both teams. But Jordan Poole 
was going to be an asset, and you saw it, him become an asset in Golden State. But I think his stardom, his rise to stardom came faster than even they expected. And it's like, okay, what do we do? Like, you know, it would have been nice to pass the torch to him eventually, but it's like he's ready to get his end. But, but it was their fault, too. They paid him. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes, he did. he played to a high level, but then you paid him at that level also. So now it's like I'm that dude because you just mm-hmm. you just showed me on the contract. You showed me to the bank. I'm that guy as well. So, uh, but like when that incident occurred, you had to make a decision right then. There's no way we're dragging this out throughout the years. Somebody got to go right then. You know, so I think that was their mistake that they didn't that they waited so long and and kind of yeah. let it that you know let that boil over. But yeah, um, Green is a perfect fit for this team. He wouldn't be the same player on any other team. He's just perfect fit for Golden State, as you mentioned. The acquisitions that they have, getting Chris Paul now, Corey Joseph. You know, like you said, the the the, the there's a certain style of play, and it's some of the best basketball you'll see in the NBA. The way Golden State moves the ball and move without the ball is some of the best designs. And and that's what that's what people should really pay attention to when they're watching Golden State. It's not how many threes Clay hits, not many anymore. But Steph Steph can absolutely shoot it. We know he's the best shooter ever. And that's what people watch is the threes and and him you know running back down the court before the shot goes down. Like no, see how they move without the ball. See the, how the ball moves quickly and they find open look. Like Golden State is tough because they play great team basketball. That's what makes them great. So um, same thing, man. Same thing. Does Golden State with Chris Paul, does it end in a ring? Does Chris Paul get him one? Do they get a, Do they get one, man? Does this happen? <laughs> do you think Golden State will get one with Chris leading the way? I think they compete for one, but I don't think they get one. And mm. it's not because of Chris Paul. Like I say, I, in a weird way, I think he will stabilize the second unit and help. I think it helps both him and the team. Um but I, I just I think the NBA is getting deeper and deeper as far as teams that can possibly win. Yeah. And so it's more about the other teams more than it is Golden State. So like I say, it's it's not that I don't think they can. I just think it's too many other good teams or too many competitive teams that can have a chance to, to win. And that's why I ultimately say no to them as well. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say yeah, man. I'm gonna say them. I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna say yes, because I believe they're gonna get another one, whether that's with Paul or after Paul. But it, that, that, there's not much room after Paul to get one. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. this group getting older too. So I'm, I'm gonna say yeah. I'm gonna say go to stay to get a one, dude. Uh, and it's one I wouldn't necessarily hate because I like Steph Curry. Right. I, I like Steve right. Curry. Uh, but I think I think this could be it, man. But you're right. It's, there's no more favorites. There's no more like, man, that team is it. Uh-huh. Like I said, it's, it's competitive, bro. Like you fighting, you know, so you fight to get out of the first round. Like that's why you can't get upset if, your, if a team get upset in the first round. Oh, they're two seed, lost a seven seed. You saw the seven seed they played. Like <laughs> that was a battle, bro. Like you know what I'm saying? You got matchups that's tough, and sometimes it's not about seeding. It's about the matchup itself. And it's like this it team, is, yeah. this team just fit like. Like Miami, one of those teams, not they weren't a true eight seed, but no, regardless of where they they're seeded, they're gonna be tough. The Grizzlies, no matter where they're seeded, they're gonna be tough. Like mm-hmm. certain teams, Golden State, if they having a great year, you know they're tough. But if they're having an off year, it's gonna be tough. Like you still don't want to play that group, man. You still don't. It's gonna be hard to beat them four times. So yeah, man, I think it's gonna be some exciting ball. Uh, Golden State, you said no. Phoenix Suns, no. Nobody cares about this end season tournament. But, man, as we close, let me ask you this, man. Victor Wimbayama, number one pick for the Spurs. Brandon Miller goes number two to the Hornets. Man, you see you see Miller with the snatch back and then, man, crossed him. I was like, I did. Miller going to be tough. <laughs> like, so I think I feel like the ceiling, the the floor with Brandon Miller is safer, right? I think that's what yeah. people expect yeah. Brandon Miller is going to be solid. We don't know how great, but he's going to be solid. He'll be solid, yeah. But Wimbayama, we just don't know. The hype is unreal. What what do you like about him as we close? What do you like about him and what concerns you about Wimbayama? Well, that's exactly what concerns me is the hype. Um like I think he's gonna be he's gonna be fine, I think. Um now he may start off shaky. He may I think he'll be up and down this first year. Um uh, as he gets 
some games under his belt, he'll get a little stronger or tougher, I think. He's going to be able to score at times. He's going to block shots. So that's why I think he'll be fine. But I think what we're expecting of him is going to be the issue. Like, I just didn't like the fact that he's the highest-rated prospect since LeBron. And the reason I say that is, do we forget about Luka? Mm. Like, Luka had the body coming in, and he Mm -hmm. played with these same grown men that we're saying Victor played with. And he has all the tools and I think his game was more NBA ready than Victor's. Mm-hmm. So that's why I, I didn't necessarily like all the hype. So that's my concern. It's, it's not about the game. I think it'll come. So I think he'll eventually be fine. And you know, like with Victor, you know, you talked about Luca and how, you know, people don't really talk about him. But I, I felt like people look at Victor and he's like, man, he's seven three, seven four, seven five, whatever he's he is. And they look at it as like, man, he can do this, and he can dribble, and he can shoot. Like he's gonna, he's a can't miss prospect, you know. And that's the thing. Like, there's no such thing as a can't miss prospect for sure. But people fall in love with the whole athleticism and the size and the height, and he can do this at this size and all. Mm-hmm. But and they, and and that's what their question was about Luca when he came in. It's like, is he athletic enough? Can he play and all stuff? But look at his body type, man. If you can hoop, you can hoop. You know what I'm saying? And he's so crafty in his handles and his footwork. It just that's where he gets great shots, and he can finish with tough, tough makes and stuff, and tough lays. But um, you know, I, I, the thing with Victor, like you said, the hype—that's the concern—is the hype. You look at international players. Period. I'm concerned anytime any prospect, yeah. regardless yeah. of hype, what they do. <laughs> uh, I'm concerned what they're going to do when they get to the lead because it's a different world. It's a completely different world. You're playing with the best of the best. And that's why you come over here to the NBA to prove that. Mm-hmm. And and some guys don't come over. Some guys first round picks and don't even come over. It's like I'm staying over here. I'm good, making good money. I'm I, I know I'm content. I got a role. I'm happy with. I don't need to go prove it in the NBA. So when you come over with this insanely amount of hype that some of these dudes do, think about it. How many international players came in with the hype actually panned out? You know what I'm saying? Like right. Like like Jokic Especially was a, immediately too. Immediately like, like Jokic was a second round pick late. Giannis was a was a fit like fifteenth mm-hmm. pick, but yeah, nobody was. nobody expected that. Nobody knew what they were going. Nobody knew Giannis. Was, you go back and look at Giannis in his first couple of years. This dude's just skinny and lanky and just <laughs> nobody knew he was going to turn into the force that he's become. You know what I'm saying? Like so, it, it's one thing when Jokic and 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 Giannis and Oh, I'm missing somebody else. When these guys come in and they don't have that same type of hype, it's easier to kind of slide in and find their way and yeah. find confidence. But when you come in with like Victor and, and Ricky Rubio and you know Darko Millis, like these dudes that be coming in as top five he picks. That's Porzingis, man. Porzingis, Andrea Bagnani was number one pick. Like. And I'm saying, and what I'm, and I'm saying, I know the hype isn't all, it's not all equal there, but it's a lot of hype. When you're a top yeah. ten pick, come from overseas, there's a lot of, mm-hmm. there's a lot of hype that's there. And so Victor is coming in with more hype than any of those. You know what I'm saying? Even Dirk, that's what it was. Dirk didn't yep. come in with a lot of hype. Nobody knew this dude was gonna be this type. But like I said, when you international players is already tough enough coming over, but when you come in and and it's already gonna be a challenge because it's a different world. But you're coming in with this insanely amount of hype. How do you live up to it? That's the concern I have with Victor. So we've been here. We've been hearing about Victor the last couple of years. You know what I'm saying? We've been yeah. hearing his name, and so uh-huh. here it is. Now we're here. The the concern, like I said, is his ability to handle the hype of being this high level prospect coming over from France. But the plus side of that is where he landed. We talk about drafts. We talk about draft players and prospects and where they go. It's all about fit. You can have the talent to be an all-star. But if you don't go to the right situation where the the coaching doesn't fit or the teaching doesn't fit or this franchise doesn't fit, (laughs) man. But Victor couldn't ask for a better position to where the two previous number one picks, David Robinson, Tim Duncan, and his franchise, and now you're a post player, and he's already had lunch and dinner with, with Ginobili and Duncan and, and Robinson. It's like, and you got the best coach ever, Popovich, man. Like, yeah. 
dude, he is in a perfect situation. That's where the confidence was. Uh, like, I'm I'm reserved anyway. I'm conservative in most yeah. ways when it comes to anything, period. You know, like, I'm, I'm going to play it safe in most situations. But there's no way you're, you were going to pass up a victor. Regardless oh, of, no. of how safe Brandon Miller is, you're not passing up a victor. Nobody had the guts to do that. You know what I'm saying? Nobody would have ever chosen that route. But – like I said, with the Spurs selecting Victor Wembanyama, the situation he is under Coach Pop, that's where you feel comfortable to where they can un- unlock that potential and prepare him to handle mm-hmm. the hype and the emotions and everything that's going to come with the attention. You know what I'm saying? Like he's already the dude ain't even play, ain't even played a regular season game. You already got the situation with Britney Spears and all this stuff. Like, like. But that's the kind of stuff that he's gonna have to deal with. Yeah. How do you protect him from that? How do you shield him from like? You can't shield him so much, but can you help him make the right decisions and and stay focused on what he needs to stay focused on, which is the game of basketball and getting the Spurs back on their winning ways. And so with Pop signing the five year extension, man, it, he he is invested. He man, uh-huh. that's huge. That's huge right there because he knows like this is a chance. To help get this franchise where it needs to be, we got a focal point and a franchise player to do so, uh, or or at least the intentions with him to be the franchise player. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm reserved. I'm not, you know, I, I wasn't. I kind of expected in a, in a way, like I had a feeling the Spurs would number one pick, and but it's like I'm not hype. I'm not hype because I'm like I don't know. I'm never hype with. International players, I don't care. Now there's certain guys I'm like, oh, I like him, you know. Yeah. Uh, but it, but when it's, but it's the still hype, always in the back. Yeah, like, <laughs> well, let me just wait a minute, dude. Most of those guys that come up with the hype, it just. But like I said, this is a different situation with the franchise who has that opportunity. Like it's, it's all about fit. And so, I think Victor Wimbayama will be, will be put like this. He's in good hands. You know what I'm saying? That's hands. that's yeah. that's really you can yeah. say he's in good hands. Yeah. Um, and and. How his career pans out is how, what you know, what I'm saying like he's just in good hands. That's all I can put it. Like they are going to bring and get everything out of him that they can. Exactly. And 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 like I said, he's just in the right place at the right time, and in in a situation where they need that guy to be to want to do it and want to be it. And so he is a young dude. It's going to take time. Uh, and nothing is overnight. But I think I think the. I think that dude is some good hand. I think I like Brandon Miller's situation too. Like I think it's gonna be a win for both of those guys, um, uh, in, in the position and the places they're in. And especially in Charlotte. Charlotte's gonna be man, that's gonna be fun right there, dude. Yeah, that's gonna be, be a fun group, man. We'll see what that turns into. But I like that for him too, because he can hoop. Well, let me tell you this, Corey. Um also with Victor, I've heard him speak a few times and you know you hear some of these prospects speak and you can tell they're a little nervous in their voice. At his age, man, he, mm-hmm. he seems very mature and confident mm-hmm. in himself. And he actually seems like he can handle the moment. Just And this is just the first impression, just hearing him speak. Um, and that's part of it. He seems like the moment's not going to be too big for him. Now, it's different when the media's criticizing you. That's, yeah. When, yeah. that's when the true test will come in. Um, it's going to be all roses right now. But say he has a stretch where he has a few bad games or say mm-hmm. he gets injured. And the I told you so crew comes out. That's when the true test will come out. So, um, but like I said, I think he's in good hands, and he seems like he'll be able to handle it. Yeah, that's that's an excellent point, man. Because like you said, when you do hear him speak in the interviews, like it's very level headed, and that's probably that that could be a beneficial, obviously, from coming over. I don't, I mean, I just feel like those guys do get a chance to mature differently because they're playing mm-hmm. with grown men at such a young age. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you can tell the teaching and the coaching he's already had is beneficial for him. And uh, like I said, it's only gonna it's only gonna 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 help him even further being in that Spurs franchise, man. So. And, you know, one more thing about Victor Wambayama is, you know, what you alluded to is when when those rough nights happen, you know, how does he handle the response from social media and everybody? Like, one of my favorite, all-time favorite hip-hop artists, Fabulous. Man, you know, Fabulous is my dude since yep. since the beginning. That's why I love that guy, man. So, But one, one of the things he, he, one of his lyrics, he talks about how, they build you up to to tear you down, you know, like Tetris. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. so like that's exactly what the media does and social media only adds to that. 
Like, they hype you up, they hype you up, they hype you up. But then all of a sudden it's like, well, he doesn't do this. He can't do that. Like, I heard an analyst say, yeah, quickly, but I heard an analyst talk about the same things. They fall in love with you, the same things they they, they criticize you of. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I think I think that was Colin Cowherd that talked about, it. like, man, okay, this player or this coach, he's like, – this coach, he's, he's man, he's a risk taker. He's a gambler, man. He's aggressive. But then it's like that's the same stuff they use. Like, man, well, he's too aggressive. He's too much of a gambler. Like, uh-huh. it's same stuff that they love you. They 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 hate you for it. So, but that's that is going to be critical. Of how do you handle when they don't like you anymore? You know what I'm saying? When you have a rough night and and it's booze and stuff like that, which is one of the dumbest things. I uh, especially with, with with fans of a team. I never understand <laughs> how fans boo a team. I don't understand yeah. that at all. Like, how do you boo your team? Like, what does that say about you? You know what I'm saying? Or what does that say about your true love for this team? Because, like, man, that just doesn't make any sense. But anyways, but that's going to be critical for Victor. How does he handle those rough nights and the and the the feedback, the negative feedback? Like, the first thing I would tell that dude, man, get off social media. <laughs> for real. Like, I know you got a crazy following, but, that man, that's the one thing. You know that's that's something that today's youth and and and, and lean and, on it. Man, they lean on it. They they're they're you know they're born into it. Mm-hmm. But it's like as professional athletes, you got to stay away from extra and foolishness because it's a lot of foolishness foolishness on on social media and foolish people, and they'll say whatever because they can hide behind the account. You know so, uh, but yeah, that's one thing about Victor. Man, I think I'll tell him to get off social media. Stay plugged to your to your your loved ones, the close ones, those who are for you, regardless of what happens, and uh, and and let's grow together as as a team. So, but yeah, man, that it's a lot that's taking place this summer. A lot of excitement as we yeah. covered in today's episode. But man, Jeremy, as we wrap up, man, you got any closing words on this NFL? Yeah, here we go. See, I'm, I'm such an NFL guy on this <laughs> NBA off season that has. Uh, that has taken place so far, and you know, so much more to come. But anything that comes to mind that that you want to share before we close? Um, I'll just say, man, it's it's been one of the exciting NBA summers. It uh almost gives you a NFL type vibe, uh, with the potential mm, movement of some of these good players. Um, like I say, that really the top three picks, you just excited to see how they pan out. Um, like I say, you know, being rookies, you know they're going to take their lumps. They're going to have some rough nights. And these vets are going to attack them because they're highly uh, talked about, publicized players. So, of course, the vets want to prove that, you know, y'all not ready yet. So mm-hmm. so they just got to be ready to take those rough nights along with the good nights. But uh, just stay stay with it. But not even just the top three there, man. There's several players that, I'm interested to see how things turn out, like the Thompson twins. Um, one player I really like, Corey, is uh, Marcus Sasser. I was Man. I was reading some draft reports saying he was going to be late second. I was like, what? And so I was glad that he went as early as he did. So I'm, I'll be keeping an eye on him to see how well he does. And another one, not that I like him, but I was just curious where Imani Bates failed to. Yeah. Because you know, coming into college, he was highly recruited, mm-hmm. uh, had some some <laughs> some ups and downs, a lot of downs, and yeah. at Memphis, and then he went on to uh, was it Eastern Michigan, Carolina? Eastern Michigan, yeah. And so I'm curious to see what he does with the Cavaliers and how they use him, and if he can develop into a, a good player, because it's easy to get up shots and score points when you got the ultimate green light, the I don't know if you remember the Jimmer Fredette green light, <laughs> but then when you get to the NBA, when you have to play in a certain role and, you know, when you got guys who have been in the league five, ten years, they're not going to like you pulling up them deep threes off yeah. dribble, dribble, dribble three, mm-hmm. you know, if you're the rookie. So it's, I'm interested to see how he develops into a player on the NBA level. So, man, I'm just excited for the season. And, you know, I'll close with how we started off. Just can't wait to see what happens with Damian Lillard. So, you know, I'll end by saying, you know, that's what I'm looking forward to. Man, the name you put out there, Marcus Sasser, dude. I I love that dude, man. I mean, I'm looking at my notes now. Back in March 5th, 2020, 
uh, it's right before March Madness that year. Obviously, that's 2020. There was no March Madness. But I was doing my notes on teams that I would see what players stood out, and I would give notes on those players. And this is March 5th, 2020. So this is, like I said, right for the NCAA tournament, which never happened. But I had Marcus Sasser, and I have one word next to his name, shooter. And it's an exclamation point. That's it. I got shooter, exclamation point. And so because at that time, he was a shooter. Like, Quentin Grimes mm-hmm. was on yeah. that team. So, you know what I'm saying? They had Nate Hinton. They had Caleb Mills. They had other guys who could get it done. Mm-hmm. And he was a shooter at that time. But then he became a scorer. You know what I'm saying? And, like, I, man, Marcus Sass is one of my favorite players in the last couple of years in college basketball. He's now with the Detroit Pistons. And, and like you said, uh, as a late second rounder, and it's just like, <laughs> why is that a projection? This dude can absolutely hoop. But that's where the – that's what that's that's, that's that's what we talked about. They they're all hype about the size and mm-hmm. you know if you're not 18, 19, oh you you know one and done. You're not one and done, and we want potential. And it's like if he produces, I want production first. <laughs> like you know, but yeah, Marcus Sass, I love that guy. I'm glad you mentioned that name because uh, it, it, it it's unfair the way guys who are consistently good for several years mm-hmm. have their knocked down like. Well, this is who he is. Well, he he's a good ball player. You know what I'm talking about? Like, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited for Marcus Sasser too, man. And I'm glad you mentioned that name just because I'm telling you, I'm digging my notes back from years ago where I saw something in this guy, and I've always been excited to watch him play anytime he's on the court. So, but yeah, man, dude, thank you for coming through. I'm excited for Dane Willard to see where he goes as well. I know there's always, like you said, the NBA, and I'm, I'm thank you for saving me. And I said NFL, and you said it does kind of have the NFL vibe, and it, and it has. Like the NFL has become that kind of trading and the NBA moving and big names are moving that you don't expect. The NBA has done the same thing. So it's only July. <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot more things to transpire and, and things that will happen, and we'll see how some of these crazy NBA storylines actually play out and unfold when the NBA season comes, man. Jeremy, appreciate you swinging through the sweet spot. Always, dude, you're always welcome back at any time. And Man, love you, and uh, man, just appreciate all the love and support. Thanks, Hoy. And as I always say, there's nothing better than being in the sweet spot. <laughs>